are now locked into Radio Juxtapose, the home of contemporary art and culture conversation. Coming up today. Everyone clamored about years ago, like, I thought the future was going to have weird cars. And then somebody comes out with a weird future car and you're like, that thing's ugly. Yeah. Like, all right. I am curious who did that logo. Did you see that logo? No. I mean, it just, it looks, it looks like you got, you got somebody to just tag Cybertruck. It's ridiculous. This is Radio Juxtapose. Oh, man. It is so nice to see you. Thanks, man. It's good to see you, too. It's this been is, a while. This is the Radio Juxtapose podcast live from DesignerCon with my really good friend, Alex Pardee. Hello, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get right into it. You've always been so good with like your fans and the people that love your work. I depend on them to live. Obviously. <laughs> but like you're good just face-to-face. Okay. So like, do you, do you get like pretty amped up and for like something like this where you're like, okay, well for the next three days, I'm going to be like really doing some face to face. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's comparable to, um, I have tremendous stage fright. I always have. I'm I know, very I know nervous. That about like, you, which is crazy. I, I don't know how to raise my hand in school. Never did. Don't know how I'd never dropped out of speech. school. never got even an AA degree cause I couldn't take speech class. But I think that it's comparable to something like stand up comedy or something where you, you just, throw yourself out on stage and then your body just kind of takes over and and does it you know that's actually really interesting because there was something i think it was the comedians in cars getting coffee with jerry seinfeld Uh and eddie murphy and he and eddie murphy talked about stage fright i'm like eddie murphy right right stage fright but then when he gets on stage he's flawless yeah it's it's weird i think like Patton oswald's talked about it too in the same kind of thing it's just it's I mean, <laughs> like it, it is, there's something weird about like, I get really, really nervous. Like, you, you know, you can ask anybody that works with me over there. Like I'll be freaking out kind of until like the two minutes before I open. I'm like, things are going to fall apart. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to anybody. And then all of a sudden like the lights go on and I'm just like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and it works. Yeah. It, I think too, because as an artist, you're, you have a studio practice and you have a creative practice that has, involves no one but yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. hey, here I am. Well, I did. One of the, the things that actually got me over this hump, because I was deathly afraid. Like, even up until I think probably 2009, 2010, like, I would, like, almost convulse if I knew I had to do a signing or if I knew I had to do a thing. For no reason. Absolutely no reason, right? <laughs> like, you not need, like anybody cares. And that's the thing, because people were going to be there. And yeah. you have people that, that follow you. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was a stage fright of... No one's going to be here. I'm going to be by myself. It's yeah. actually was a stage fright that you're actually going to have to have. Well, it's, these a, interactions. It's, it's a fear. Like I'm, I have a lot of, I have a lot of internal fears of losing control. I have a lot of fears of just like what's going to happen. So it's almost like this thing of like, oh, someone's going to say hi to me and I'm going to throw up in their face, right? <laughs> or like, I don't know. Like, is that going to happen? Like, maybe I don't know. Like, I'll trip and knock somebody over. I'll break someone's leg. Like, I don't know. Right. Um, but uh, but what I did was. In 2010, I think it was, I decided to like basically face that fear full on. And I was like, you know what? I want to do a tour where I do nothing but draw things for people for like whatever. So uh, Dave Korea and I went on a, a tour called Sketch for Sketch where I'd said, if you draw me anything, I'll draw you something. And we went to different cities and just sat there for eight hours at a time with lines of people drawing. And I, it, at first it was terrifying. Wait, was that then, 10 years ago? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That was 10 years Crazy. ago. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, I remember that. and so what happened was like, it was terrifying, but by the, I mean the lines, it, it was, we didn't expect anybody to come out for it either. So we were like, yeah, we'll do 20, 30 drawings a time. But like we ended up doing thousands. Right. And so what, by the time we were at like the, by the time we were at like the 15th day of doing that, it was just like, I realized that it's not about 
what you say to people. It's not about what you're drawing. It's not about what, it's basically just about the fact that like you get to interact with somebody and somebody gets that time with right. you. So it kind of, it did lower my, I was like, okay, I can do this. They're coming for this reason. I should be pleasant and return, right? Like, it's like, okay, cool. It's easy. So you have, let's, I mean, let's do this like 10 year window here. It's <laughs> the last um, time I saw you. No, it was a couple years ago. Um, you moved to Orlando for a while. From, I did. From Northern California. Yeah, witness protection. So I don't know if we can even talk about it. Are we not allowed? <laughs> no. Uh, is, it, is it that bad? No, no. It, it was fine. I, I would happily move back to Orlando again if it was for the same reason. I moved out there because my girlfriend, Chloe Rice, who's a photographer, right. she's a marketing photographer for Disney. So she got transferred out there. So I, since I can technically work from wherever I want, um, I went out there with her. Right. Um, it was crazy. What? <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing I, where I want to get into is that because to me, you were always a Northern California guy. Yeah. So, I still am. I miss that place. Yeah. So, like, did you, was it a change in even the way you approached your studio practice or any of the, any of the products that it, you were doing? Was it, was it a big shift it, for you? It was weird. Um, it was hard to pinpoint why it was weird because I was also going through a transition of, of, um, stopping my business that I was doing as well. Right. Um, so I, I zero friends. Yeah. For so people so, at home. Yeah. so basically, like zero friends was was stopping. I was moving, ha- you know, halfway across the world over the other side of the country, and um, so I was in a different place. But what I didn't realize when I got out there was I was like, like I grew up in the Bay Area, obviously, but I always grew up saying like I don't need inspiration, right? Like I just like I'm in my own head all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need a lot. Like I can hermit out and just create, and um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll, I technically can work everywhere. But what I didn't realize was when I moved to Orlando, I didn't have the option of not like, so it was like, oh, like, I, like I just like in the Bay area, like I never quite rec- realized that like I was around other artists and I was around other things like, and occasionally I could have that if I wanted to. And then when I went to Florida, I didn't have that. And as like a 40 year old moving there, I'm not in the same uh, social circles to go make friends. Like, yeah. right. Like it's like, I'm, I really felt like it was a witness protection thing. So it was just <laughs> Chloe and I were just like, each other's best friends and we just were there like we're that's what we were doing so it did definitely change um my approach to things it made me really question kind of some creative things up and down it was really hard to like go back and forth to LA to work and you know and and stuff harder than I thought so it was it was weird but but also the isolation allowed me to simultaneously create a lot because I didn't have an option (laughs) so right did, do you notice like a big change in the things that you do now from that time? Has anything yeah. yet kind of like stuck with you from that time? Um, yeah, well, it, it has because like I kind of went through um, when I was out there, I, I, I was alone a lot. I, so I, I th- thought a lot. I was in my own thoughts and I, I was able to kind of like self-analyze a lot of stuff that was going on because that was also during a time of like, I was questioning as I'm sure all artists do after doing stuff for so long. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like I just like, I, I was out there and not only did I feel alone, but I also was kind of like starting over. Like I left my company and I was like, I don't think I want to do that anymore. Yeah. But if I'm not doing that, I don't know what I want to do. And then, so I kind of was forced to like, take a look at, at myself and be like, what do I want to do? So like I went through a time, like I didn't do any personal art. Like the first year I was there, I basically was like, I'm just going to take jobs because that's what I can do remotely. Mm-hmm. So I did more art direction for like some films. I did some, I did a really random job where I took on a brand direction for a, 
an upstart hamburger company in Mexico. And so, <laughs> because I just was like, what am I, what should I do with Wait, my also, life? Also, because like, why not? Yeah, like totally. Like, yeah. why not? Like, right. what should I do with my life? Like, I'm just trying these things. And then through those avenues, I did realize like, okay, these aren't necessarily the things that I like doing. Like, I like making just weird shit and weird art and right. I like it. So then I kind of just, I, I had to mentally start over like and, and kind of humbly be like, okay, just because I had technically been doing this for 20 years, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm going to start over. And I basically started over. But it's weird to start over when you have a big fan base. Well, I don't think I, I, I don't think I, I started over publicly. Yeah, right. I started over privately. Right. <laughs> so it was, it was in steps. Oh, this is really therapy. It, it was, I like it. It was, it was in steps. Like I, I was like, okay, I'm good at, I'm good at, I, like, I think that if I wasn't an artist, I would be in marketing. I really am fascinated with marketing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start. I'm, I like merchandising myself. So let's start back there. And even though I'm not, I'll just start another company with myself and do that. So I did that because it was something that I knew and I liked. And then, uh, I kind of got that going and then it was like, okay, but that's not what I want to do forever. So now I'm going to get back into, into art. So I don't know, like it was, it's just kind of more of like, I was starting over the same steps that I took, but knowing more of how to handle stuff like, okay, cool. Don't do everything yourself. Right. right? Like right. DIY is cool. It's street cred. It's awesome. But don't, you don't have to do everything yourself. And then, you know, that was a big, big thing that I learned. Who are the people? You know, Cause I'm constantly, especially at something like designer con, I'm constantly trying to find like the, the, the historical lineage of all this stuff. Okay. Like who for you are like the people that you look to even now or even back in the day that were kind of your influences or people that you admired their commercial and personal practice I in mean, a way that made sense to you? I mean, I think like going back to what I grew up in with, you know, the having the Bay Area roots and stuff like it was really like there was there was very little to compare to like there was no road to navigate. There was no map to doing like, OK, you do your own art and your merchandising, but you're not fully like a brand. Like what, what is this? And like at the time, like the only people that were doing that was like Shepard Ferry with Obey. Yeah. Mike Giant with Rebel 8. Yep. Upper Playground to a degree was taking artists. Yeah, and, that's right. And yeah. Creating capsule programs within them. So it was like, yep. you know, Dave Cho had his own line. And right. Jeremy Sam Fish Flores yeah. and Jeremy Fish. And, yep. and so like yep. those were the maps that I basically was like, okay, like this is possible to take an art and, and turn it into a brand, into a merch. Um, and so, the, yeah, those were totally like, and, and now because, you know, technology caught up, everybody can buy a printer to make G clay prints and everybody can basically screen print or do direct to garment stuff. Like there, that, there is a kind of more of a map to do that now. Right. But back then there wasn't except for those guys. So it was And cool. that was, that I, I, cause I wanted to get to that eventually in this conversation. Uh, cause I started at Upper Playground in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an exciting time in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, it was really And I feel exciting. like you and I both were in, oh, involved yeah. or in yeah. there at that time. And it's weird how, like, it, it as, as it happens, um, really the city's gentrification really kind of hurt it, hurt that I scene. I think so. And it's kind of too – I hate saying that because yeah. it feels so lazy, but it's, yeah. it really did. Yeah. That whole lower hate scene kind of yeah. I mean, unfortunately, once, once we left our shop there, I don't think I'll ever be able to come back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that there's not the support there, but it's just there's not the 
same support. But did you feel like it was special at the time when it was happening? Oh my god, yeah. It was I it know. was it was a it was awesome. I mean right. when we like I had a like after after working with Upper Playground and, and fifty twenty four SF, we had our own shop right. very close to it. And um and we would have people come from Fresno and Wait, it was Nesto. in my old apartment, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Or was it, it the was. one next to it? It was to next door to your old apartment. And 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 that was like such a crazy thing because it felt it felt like a community. It felt like a destination. It just was it was cool. Like yeah. and and not that it's not I don't I, I mean I haven't been in San Francisco for a while, so it's not not cool. Right. But it just I know yeah, it's it changed, different. yeah. It just I feel like that that period of time was just it was really special yeah. with all the artists. And and it, you know, Matt Ravelli was a big part of, of course. that kind of weird he was kind of in yeah. the background he was a but mayor he, he was yeah. he was like yeah. a quiet mayor yeah. of that of that whole scene yeah. um or the bosley of the the charlie's <laughs> angels right yeah. <laughs> i hope he listens to this and hears that um for this for designer con yeah. so that's the, that's i was i also want to get to is i feel like this was what part of comic-con used to be mm-hmm and is lost, yeah. Um, just because the nature of Comic Con got yeah. so big, uh, yeah. it became more and more about promoting different films and different pilots and all that kind of stuff. This has a certain energy to it, but you've been here how many times now? I've been here about six, seven years. In okay, a row? Yeah. and so can you talk a little bit? Since Designer Con is the loudest to do this here, like, <laughs> can you talk a little bit like about the evolution of Designer of Con? Because I, I'm still walking around trying to get myself acclimated to. What I saw at Comic Con maybe ten years ago mm. that's now here. Well what's I think what's frustrating about Comic Con is a lot of this type of art is there mm-hmm. but it's lost. Yeah. It's, okay. It's scattered, it's lost, there's no curation there, and you'd have uh, you know, you have a nine hundred foot Amazon booth and then you have a, a ten foot booth selling pins. The <laughs> It's it's crazy. Right. Um uh so one of the the best things about this convention is that it's basically curated from here's all the cool stuff at comic-con that's not corporate based and let's put it in a room of designers and creators and stuff and that's always been the roots of it as far as i can tell i know the show's a lot older than what i even went right. to yeah, yeah yeah um but even from when I, my when i first started it was it felt like every booth was like a passionate creator of whatever they created whether it was toys whether it was shirts art just anything and and you could really feel the passion in every table, and everyone was excited to be there. And and it's a friendly environment, and it, it is just since just got bigger. And I think that goes with kind of the 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 fact that technology has advanced to where you can get three D printers and make your own little resin sculptures, and you can more you can have more things. So these same creators are just bigger now. Right. I guess. Do you collect anything yourself? I was I was a huge like toy collector pre moving to Florida, right? Okay. Like I when I moved to Florida, I basically purged because you I, saw all the had, stuff that you had c- accumulated. It, the the it, I guess it, well no because I was paying for all that stuff constantly. <laughs> I had yeah. I had a small house which is all you can afford in the Bay Area. I had a small house, so I had two public storage units that I was also paying for, and I had an art studio that had tons of stuff in it. And when I moved to Florida, it was basically we equated it out to like everything you pay, it's going to be a dollar a pound to move. So it was like, all right, I'm out of here. Get rid of my street fighter machine that I thought I'd, that was my life Whoa, goal, right? Like cool. that's all I ever wanted when I was little. And it's like, get rid of that. Cause I can't move that. It's like, it would cost me more to ship it than to like buy a new one someday. Um, so I basically was like, just like, all right. I, and, and the other thing is that I create stuff. Right. So 
for my archive, I keep stuff right. just to have. So I, I was like, I got to just stop collecting all this stuff. So I basically but, just purged everything. But is there anything that you kind of still want? That one, I, What's that one thing that you wanted you didn't get? I, I don't know. Okay. I really like I really was able to mentally just kind of turn stuff off from one like I'll see stuff on Instagram and I'll be like oh that's awesome and I'll impulse buy stuff still yeah um, I'll buy I buy a lot of stuff for my girlfriend like I know she really likes stuff so I'm like yeah, okay. I know what she likes and it makes me feel better to buy that um, and I like and I like supporting artists so I'll buy stuff that I like but there's nothing that I like really like want to collect there's there is very very old toys that I remember having when I was younger yeah that are like astronomically expensive. Like there's this one toy that's called Gregory and it's a giant rubber bat with a, it, with a see-through chest of his bones and organs and you squeeze him and blood pulses through his heart. Oh, cool. And, and I had it when I was like seven, which I can't believe why I had it. My parents are awesome, but because I, at, you know, at some point parents just were like, well, it doesn't matter. It anymore. doesn't matter. Yeah. Just get it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I've, forever on the search for that for less than $500, which I won't let myself pay for, but why, uh. why maybe you could tap into this for me. Why hasn't anyone brought back mask? Oh, the, the, the mask of the M A S K with the Um, it's a good question. I, that was I like loved my, mask. I had so much of it and yeah. I, I've kind of looked to see like if I could buy anything, but Dusty Road. Remember they had yeah, yes. Yeah, they had a. I remember their. Names. I had like the whole remember. setup. And, and Venom I, was the those the evil yeah. guys. And you, it was like a gas station, which was like the yeah. base or whatever. Yeah. But it, I don't understand why that hasn't come back. I don't either. There, you know what's vehicles itself don't come aren't. Yeah. Like, like I think like that was a vehicle based line. Yes. And the toy the figures themselves were even smaller than Star Wars figures or GI Joe. Yeah. And so I feel like oh yeah the figures were definitely were smaller, smaller than GI Joe. Yeah. For so, sure. But I think that like in general like. I was just talking about this with my friend. Like, v- there's no vehicle toys now, really. Yeah. I mean, there might be. I just might not be is going that, to the truck toy show. That's I don't kind know. of an interesting uh, environmentally <laughs> conscious move. <laughs> it really is. Right? The cyber kids, tr- Elon Musk is making like, the cyber truck toy. Yeah. It looks like a Transformer. Did you see that I new did. truck? What did yeah. you think? Uh, I thought it was funny when they threw the rocks at it and it broke the windows. But uh, I don't know. I like. I'm. I'm such a sucker for gimmicks. Like. Yeah, like, me too. Like, I don't see anything wrong with being gimmicky. Like, it's fun. Like, why not? Like, everyone clamored about years ago. Like, I thought the future was going to have weird cars. And then somebody comes out with a weird future car, and you're like, that thing's ugly. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> Whatever. That's what I was thinking, too. It's like, this is what we've all wanted. Yeah. And now we're upset yeah. about it? Like, you guys played Spy Hunter for years, and now you just don't want it. I just think it's because like the fact he hasn't been able to get to the moon or Mars yet. I think people yeah. are just getting a little frustrated with him. I am curious who did that logo. Did you see that logo? No. I mean, it just it looks it looks like he got he got somebody to just tag Cybertruck. It's ridiculous, but it's funny also. What? It, speaking of Mars and the moon, yeah, we gonna go? Which one? Which one are you rooting for first for colonization? Mars because of Total Recall. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm a fan of going to Mars. I'm Moon because of 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we both have pop cultural references to why we want to go to different (laughs) planets. Except for, I guess, Mars kind of mutated people because of the atmosphere, but... What's the one with Matt Damon? Uh, What am I thinking of? Is that the Martian? Yeah, that's the Martian, yeah. Okay, so that's Mars. that's Mars. Yeah. Hmm. Also, Ghost of Mars with Ice Cube. (laughs) Jesus. Let's talk about Mars movies. No, No. actually, now I'm trying to think about... 
No, I think I think I'm stuck. I'm sticking to the moon. Yeah, yeah. Matt Damon wasn't having the a good time. The moon's more like the moon seems more realistic in our lifetime, and it also seems scarier, right? Because there's the dark side of the moon. Right. Yeah. I watched that documentary Apollo 11 that okay. was just all NASA footage of of the moon landing, mm-hmm. and there's no dialogue. It was just oh, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the communication with NASA to yeah. the to the astronauts. And it was amazing. It was so so good. I watched it on a plane, which obviously was not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were like, I probably shouldn't have seen this yeah. on IMAX. Um, yeah, Dark Side of the Moon. I don't know. I think you're right. You never know. What do you have in your booth? Although, um, th- I mean, this podcast is going to come out after the fact, but I like the fact that you brought paintings and drawings. Like, you kind of rever- – like, you're, I'm so, going to talk about my fine art practice here. Uh, well, I have, and I, I have a strategic reason for that, too, I think. Um, at least I'm trying. It's an experiment. But – the last couple of years, like everything exists on social media. Like that's the only way any independent, anything kind of, I mean, even corporations are working on Instagram right. and everything like that. So, but for me specifically, and I think a lot of other artists, I've had a really, really hard time growing my audience on there. Whether the algorithm, like you know, I have all these conspiracies about algorithms, but whether or not they're actually catered towards stopping me from getting <laughs> more followers or not, or if it's just, I'm doing a shitty job, like, I don't know, but I have had a lot of problems doing that. So, right. so my, uh, so it was kind of like, I use these shows. It's like, well, maybe I should do some more shows, right? So the last couple of years, I've done more conventions, yeah, and got back into like having merch booths and this and that. But what I realized was that, uh, as much as I like selling my merch and pins and making shirts out of my art, and that's always fun, they never they're catered towards the merch. It's never fully like my art it's not a full representation of my art so simultaneously when i do an art gallery show which is separate from a convention totally in totally different ways i'm catering to my audience that already exists right i'm just like telling the same people every time i have a show please come to my show again you guys are awesome please come to my show and it's great because they do but i but how do i get a new audience so i've decided that like at a place like this where i know the clientele is everybody that would like this kind of stuff. And it's like, there's what, 10, 20,000, I don't know, maybe there's more, 20,000 people walking around. Right. Why not create, build a gallery, actually have a gallery show instead of a merch booth. And that way I can get 10,000 people to an art show that would never get to an art show before. Right. Or at least my art right. show, I mean. So well, it's an experiment. Yeah. And also I think it's a reminder that for everybody, and I think a lot, there are people doing that here that it came from your hand all this stuff right and that you actually create something because even like you one of your paintings you have as a Mm t-shirt and i was looking at the t-shirt and i looked at the painting i'm like the painting is so incredibly skilled Mm -hmm. you're you're a incredible draftsman that's i think draftsman. i'll take it yeah And, and i feel like um it's so important to see that part of it because i don't because people don't where it comes from yeah see where it comes from and i i think that that i was noticing that before we walked over here. That was I thought it was really cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's it is it's, it is just more of like I wanted to have a reminder of like I I'm not just a t-shirt salesman. I'm not just this. Like this is this is what I prefer doing. Would is, 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 I was going to say from. is that is that would you in a in a perfect world just want to be painting all day? Or are you or do I'm you going like through that right now. Okay. Well, no, I do like going through. I do like like pardon me. I do like going doing both. But the merch side of it is the business aspect of it. And it was same with zero friends. It's so much work. 
it's so much work to not feel desperate, to not like do like, it's, there's a lot of things that go into it. So it does take away from creative time and this and that. So, um, especially when you're like, you're starting to become responsible for, um, Oh, now I notice if I talk right like this in the mic, it's mm -hmm. better. Um, you're responsible for the livelihoods of other people and it probably mm -hmm. gets, it, it kind of stifles. The yeah. Creative, that, creative. Yeah. That, that's a hard thing when you, when you are running a business aspect of it. Um, so, uh, but I do like doing it, but, the thing that I'm actually going through at the moment is kind of a weird revelation that I had a few months ago. Where <laughs> sorry, this is this kind is, of therapy, is, right? Is, no, well, the, the I don't radio, even know if the, I've talked about this. The radio juxtaposed pod is a little bit like therapy. therapy. So there you go. Um, so I always really enjoyed writing, writing stories, yeah. writing yeah. stuff, writing journal entries, whatever. I, w I never considered myself a writer because it was it was a hobby, right? And then. Art. So I both was, I had a hobby of writing and a hobby of art. I decided to take art and turn that into a career, and I kept writing as my hobby. But there was a point about 10, 10 or 11 years ago where organically I was able to combine my writing and my art, and I created this art show that was a – I think you were there. It was, a, it was at Corey Helford Gallery. It was called Vertigo. Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to create – world build this whole story – and have the art show be a reflection of the world, right? And it, and it organically happened. And the response was it was so good. I felt really good about it. It was exciting. It was like one of the first times I was really excited about my art show for a long time. And then uh, because something clicked in that, I was like, this is it. This is what I need to do. I need to combine my world building with my art and I can create all these worlds and it'll be great. Um, but what I didn't realize for the last eight years was that I was subconsciously doing that or trying to do that with everything that I did. And it was, it was hindering me from, from actually fully engulfing either one. Yeah. So it was, saying. it was like, I would find myself with like months where I, I haven't shared or created a new piece of art because I couldn't get the story right to go with it. Or I wouldn't, I would hold myself back from writing a story that I want to about some weird shit because I didn't know how to draw that. And Got then it. I was just okay. like, and I didn't realize I was doing this until just a few months ago where I was like, I, f I felt like I was kind of like falling into obscurity within myself of just being like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like, why can't I do this? And then, and then I was like, well, they don't always have to go together. Yeah. And I'm wondering, <laughs> like, was this happening too? Like just even with, um, when you were doing art direction for other things, was it, was it infiltrating all of the practice? Like, I think what it was is I, I, I got... I got really excited about that show. And then when I uh, specifically, when I moved out to LA a couple of years ago, I got really excited about like using all these relationships and contacts that I've been with to start trying to pitch television shows and animated shows, um, yeah. based on all these ideas that I've had forever. Um, and, and what that did was it just was like, as much as they were ideas, I, I was killing myself over trying to be like okay i need to draw this concept with this story so that i can take it to pitch this for a bigger thing whatever and um and it was just hurting me yeah you know like yeah. it, was, it was exhausting like i was getting meetings with me it was it was i was having some really fun like i i did pitch some really fun shows and some really fun ideas um but because it's hollywood nothing you know you, there's a billion of those being pitched today so it's it's fine and maybe someday i'll be able to do stuff with them but i i really had to like stop myself from just like getting totally lost in frustration. So now I'm just doing art You know, for a minute. I was, I was thinking about this, that the imagination issue that you curated for yeah. Juxtapose 
was a really good moment for the magazine where you sort of allowed allowed me moving forward to include different people into oh, the editorial that's process. Awesome. Because we, you remember that was you had comedians, you had yeah. performance artists, you had David, David Copperfield, Copperfield. <laughs> which still that video. We went and saw. We went and we saw his new that, show the other week. Oh, did you yeah, really? It was awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. It was an insane. A giant, you a physical UFO comes down to the crowd that, that appears out of nowhere. It's but like, remember, he he didn't do. He hadn't changed his show in so long. Right. So he's now made some. He has a new show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, that video that you did with David Copperfield to promote the issue <laughs> is one of the greatest so things ridiculous. ever. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love that dude. Yeah, we we saw him not too long ago. It was it was great. We went back to his his uh, museum and the, you know because the museum was featured. That's in the right. Because so. I feel like was it Alex Nicholson who went with you? Yeah, I think that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I just I was thinking about how you sort of you were one of the first people I ever met that kind of was able to be like, hey, like lonely lonely island is part of this story too. Like yeah. you really kind of were able to. Figure out how to bring all these different kind of people yeah. together. Yeah, I mean, there was a point where we almost had Robin Williams in it, which is really good. Remember that? Oh, oh my God, that's yeah, right. It was crazy, and it, it fell apart because of the 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 makeup. It was like it was weird. It was like a uh, timing schedule with his yeah. makeup department versus what he was shooting at the time. Was there something with Bobcat Goldthwait? Bobcat was going to interview. He was going to interview. Him. Was gonna interview yeah. Him. yeah, that's yeah, right. So Bobcat oh, Goldthwait was going to interview Robin Williams, and it would have been incredible. But, uh, but thank you. But by the way, that was that was also like such a left field idea to have the imagination issue and have things that were just like made me smile in there. And for you guys to let me do that was still like, it's still my favorite thing I've done. Well, you know, what's cool about that too, is that you weren't on the cover. Charlie was on right. the cover, Charlie Immer. And I, I remember thinking to myself, wow, Alex is going to curate this thing and not put himself on the cover. I, I, that's actually I, quite impressive. <laughs> it takes a lot. That's a good ego check. I, I mean, it, I I thought Charlie deserved to be on the cover more so than I did. Right, and you'd already <laughs> it had, worked. You'd already had, had two, two covers, covers at that, that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, it's I got, fine. I can't, I can't be too too selfish. I mean, if we went back in time now, I'd be totally selfish because I get <laughs> I do get a lot of people that that know me from Juxtapose. Yeah, right. Still, right. And I'm like, damn, I should have done one more cover. Um, <clears throat> it's not it's not over yet. Um, <laughs> we still we've gotten 25 years. We got we hopefully go. there 25 we go. more. Um, I know you got to get back to your booth. So, is there anything that you want to? <laughs> You want to plug anything? Is there any, uh, is there anything where we could see your work out in the world, or do you have anything coming up? Or, um, I just I I'm kind of like I don't have anything planned. I might be actually painting at Powwow in Hawaii oh, in cool. February, cool. which I'm really excited about. Once again, let's talk about how much nervous I'm going to be for the next month and a half if I'm doing it. Anyways, well, we'll get over it. What is uh, it because you don't do? Is it because it's mural stuff? Yeah, I or? don't do a lot of murals anymore. I used to, and yeah. I don't. Um, especially, I really really like. Seeing the scale of what people are doing now, you know, Tristan Eaton and Nichos and these guys that are just like insane. Like, who is it? I think like Kit Bennett, I think is the guy's name that does uh, the artist that does films from a drone and does ground paintings that are like blocks and blocks long. Like it's it's incredible. And you forget it's like you we've we've now seen it this big mural movement. You forget how skilled it takes to do that. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's it's terrifying. I mean, like. Like, I just, like, I, like, I know a lot of those guys, too, and I still can't comprehend how the design aspect of it is, is like, just how it's executed. Right. And, and so, of course it terrifies me, because I do it once every three years, right? <laughs> so, I should, I should do it more. It's right almost now, like you're coming out of retirement. 
I guess. Or the, the mural retirement. I know, right? But is it is it going to be a big one, you think? Uh, I'm hoping not. <laughs> I'm like, you guys can give me a curve. Let's I'll hope, paint on my let's knees. Let's hope Jasper's listening yeah. to this so um, he can... But no, I mean, like, I wouldn't mind doing something a little bit big, but I feel like I would, I feel like I would die if I had to get on, like, you know, the window washers or whatever those guys use. Oh You're, yeah, no, 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 like, no. no, I'll, I'll die. No, um, but I don't know. We'll see. So that's that's so, the early 2020 plan. That'll be early 2020. Um, I am actually planning on, uh, I, unofficially have been in talks with, uh, with Spoke Art and Hashimoto about doing something with them this year because I love Ken Harmon and I love Spoke Art. Um, so I, I might be doing an actual we can plug Ken that's them. a good that's yeah, a good let's, plug let's plug Ken because I love Ken either even if I'm not going to be there this year Spoke Art Hashimoto cool best galleries uh, yeah I don't know I've, I've kind of been in talk to that because I, I do want to do another show um, but I, I'm always just like I want to like I just keep wanting to like level up like the what I can do like I've been trying to get outsource a lot more like sculptural aspects yeah. and and doing kind of bigger like like i really like the new style that i'm kind of like working on now that's available that you can see the show like i want to make those inflatable like giant playhouses or something right yeah. like, they just look like weird shapes that you can jump and slide down a tongue or something weird like absolutely that. Um, yeah so i just like i don't know i want to i like the uh, the idea of being able to just keep making my art bigger um unless i have to be on a scaffolding <laughs> I I had I had a snarky response, but I think I dude I think, snark it up. No, no, it's, it's make it's, fun it's, of me. It's, no, it's totally fine. I, no, but um, I love the new paintings that are in the Thank booth. You. It's Thank so you. great to see you. Thank you. It's great to see um, you too. It's it's exciting. It's to also see. great to still see the magazine on shelves when yeah. it, you know when a lot of stuff is is it's hard. Print media it's, is it's, insane. Yeah. You guys are still killing it. My my buddy just sent me a photo of the magazine at the train station in Brussels, Belgium, and I'm dude, like, awesome. that is awesome. That's great. I yeah. love it. Cool. Look at uh, look at us. Yeah. Who would have thought? Ten years later, you can get to Brussels. <laughs> I have nothing in Brussels. I had stuff in Brussels when Tower Records was there, but oh, R.I.P. Whoa. <laughs> That's how I'm old, man. Man. No, I used to buy all my I used to buy all my import records at Tower Records in Concord. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Tower Records was my international distribution before the internet. Whoa. That's that was the only way. Like I had yeah. no website. I had nothing but Tower Records was one of the biggest supporters of independent publishing and they carried my indie comics and zines in worldwide i actually i think that's the first place i saw juxtapose was tire records me too in, in concord yeah, I, I bought the yeah. xno episode i mean episode issue whoa you know is that how you pronounce his name xno Zeno? i remember it was one of the very first issues it must have been late 90s yeah oh yeah yeah mid 90s it was like 95 maybe 96 okay yeah, yeah. so that's really yeah. yeah 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 um people are like what is this east bay knowledge of yes. Rasputin Records Rasputin Records Blondie's Pizza I think Fat Slice just went out of business in Berkeley sad that's really too bad yeah it's alright <laughs> this, is, this is getting it's turning into a sad podcast <laughs> no it's great because uh, there's gonna be like a craft beer place there oh of I'm course I, no, I mean there, that's what it's gonna be it'll be a vape how store. many craft beers can there be 744,000 <laughs> In Northern California alone, yeah. which also is awesome, right? Like, it is. From, it's like, independent business. It's basically it's designer con of beer. Like, yeah, like amazing. twenty years ago, there you you couldn't make a toy and sell it yourself, and now you can make a toy and sell it yourself. And twenty years ago, you couldn't make a beer and sell it yourself, and now you can. So it's like equally as awesome. Uh, yeah, my my uh, Lyft driver in Chicago recently was talking about the beer he was making in his <laughs> in his basement, and he, the care. And nuance of the mm -hmm. discussion 
I mean, Dude. this was like midnight in Chicago. Yeah. I'm having this beautiful conversation with this guy, and I learned so much. He's he was talking about so the history, it. and he was yeah. so into it. And it, it really is kind of like this scene. Mm-hmm. People are so locked in and care about yeah. what they're doing, and it's I, I have to come to these things every once in a while just to, to remember that there is so much care. Yeah. In the underground underground art world it's not really underground anymore but you no, know what yeah, I mean. it's, yeah yeah it's 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 ground it's ground <laughs> the ground it's, it's, art world it's here as you it can is. see from like the it thousands is. of people and it's awesome house. yeah um alex thank you so much yeah Have yeah, a thank good you for having me <laughs> let's shake it we're shaking we're shaking hands, shaking right hands. Right now. you can yes. feel it, it oh. Feel- oh it's very nice <laughs> thank you alex or